Pineapple Pizza Podcast discusses the histories, cultures, and beliefs of regions around the world. These stories often contain mature and sometimes disturbing content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up delicious slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. It's an interesting combination of flavors. Weird, but it works. Today's special is a creepy collection of paranormal pizzas from Scotland. I'm your hostess, Lindsay, and with me are the pontastic and witty AF, Emily and Ashley. (laughs) I think that applies more to her than it does to me. (laughs) She is pun queen. No, I am not queen of anything. Act, no, actually strike that. I'm the queen of okay. Queen. <laughs> I'm the queen of okay. Oh my God. Can we please have that on a shirt? The queen of okay. I like it. It's me right there. It's glorious. It's okay. <laughs> I'm okay. It's like not great. You We're know, all not, okay. Not amazing. Just, you know, it's fine. It'll do. It's good. It's me. Middle right of the there. road. Right in there. That's my niche. (laughs) (laughs) I'm queen of OKsville. (laughs) All right. Well, I hope you'll like your first dish. It's the perfect way to start tonight's menu. Our first slice takes us to Greenock, which is 25 miles west of Glasgow. Described as one of the most beautiful towns in the whole of Scotland, it prides itself on its rich maritime history, beautifully restored Victorian buildings, and for being among Scotland's top 50 walking trails. Fun fact. Sounds nice. They have top a top 50 walking trails list. I like it. That's because they walk. We don't. Yeah. Yes, I know. Jay told me. <laughs> <laughs> However, the residents of this scenic fishing town know that once the sun sets, something lurks in the darkness. The Catman. <gasps> Yay! Nice. The legend of the Catman spawned back in the 1970s when children all over the country heard tales of a small, man-like creature with coal black skin and glowing eyes. When the darkness falls and the moon rises, that's when the Catman will emerge from the shadows to devour rodents and terrify anyone who comes across him. Uh, ew, but also... Yay for controlling vermin populations? (laughs) (laughs) Can't really be mad about it. I don't know. I dig it. (laughs) Some believed that the Catman was some form of cryptid, the last of his kind that lived on the edge of society. Others thought it was nothing more than the work of punk kids and pranksters who got a laugh terrifying the local drunks as they stumbled home from the pub each night. Even the police weren't sure what to make of the sightings, unsure if they should be searching for a man or a beast. For years, tales of this creature were shared amongst the terrified children, and even though many viewed it simply as nightmare fuel, no one actually believed it was real, right? All that changed when a cell phone video was uploaded in 2007, an unnerving, grainy video that took the Catman of Greenock from legend into reality. The video is grainy, but clearly shows an older man covered in black dirt or soot all over his face and hands. What? 
He's crawling around on his stomach under cars <gasps> in a bus garage located next to what is possibly his den. Oh no. The man is lying on his stomach with a large rat hanging from his mouth before he looks at the camera with a blank expression, gives a thumbs up, and then proceeds oh. to eat the rat. No! That's so. That's nightmare fuel. Things crawling. Yeah. As the video continued to be shared and spread online, social workers in Greenock were dispatched to the location of the sighting in an effort to locate the Catman to provide him with assistance. Many feared he was suffering from some form of mental health disorder, but all efforts to locate him were unsuccessful. Since 2007, photos of him have surfaced from time to time, such as one where a young girl is posing next to a man with glowing eyes, while another shows the cat man next to a tray of food and water that presumably had been left out for him. Several locals have attempted to help him throughout the years, as can be seen from this quote. Quote, I live in Greenwich and I can vouch the Catman exists. He has several spots he stays in, behind the shops at the bus station or around the abandoned warehouses. The local takeaways leave stuff out for him, and every now and again, you will find new blankets by one of his areas that someone has left for him. He was institutionalized once, but couldn't handle it. He doesn't like people, but the people here make sure he's taken care of as much as he chooses to be. Cups of tea or soup will be left in certain spots. Food. I know one woman who drops him off a meal every Saturday evening on her way to bingo, and she makes sure he has a hat when it gets cold. So she's a cat lady. She no, is. she's a cat man lady. Yep. I suppose it's the true definition of care in the community, end quote. Although his origins are unknown, it's generally believed that the Catman was once a Russian sailor who managed to get stranded in Scotland in the 1970s. With no money or family and nowhere to go, he lost his mind after he was forced to live on the street scrounging for food. He eventually became more beast than man, living alone in the woods where he would hunt and eat the vermin he found there. Other stories say that he found himself on the wrong side of the mob and ended up with broken legs as a result. Is that why he crawls around on his stomach? Yeah, because of this, he crawls around town and lives on the streets in an effort to avoid detection. As is often the case with people like this, some believe he may have escaped from a mental health facility near the town. But I'm going to call bullshit on this, because if that was the case, they would have a name and an identity for this person, and nothing has come out. If he truly is a missing person from the area, there are enough photos of him for people to be able to positively identify him to get him the help that he needs. That's true. But also, if he is, say he was a Russian sailor, I suppose they wouldn't know who he is. But even still, like, he'd have to give some some form of name when he's institutionalized. So I don't know. Or if he did actually live in a facility locally... Maybe he did escape and they don't want it to hit the news that they were the ones who let him go. Maybe. So they brush it all under the rug. Yep. Those who have encountered the Catman state that yes, he is very strange, but he's ultimately harmless. The locals believe that he lives down a narrow, cobbled lane on the east end of town. As far as they know, he doesn't live in any form of shelter per se, 
that has been seen coming out of the nearby scrublands and wooded areas. Some claim to have seen him stand from time to time and respond to people when they try to engage him in conversation, but he is unable to speak, or chooses not to, and only communicates through simple gestures. Hmm. Do you think he might be mute? Maybe. Maybe he can't speak. He's most often seen crawling around the ground, covered in soot with only his bright, cat-like eyes visible amongst the soot. He eats rats and mice, hence the name, and may eat food left out for him by locals who feel bad for him. He's also seen in the company of actual cats, which leads some to believe that he actually shares his den with some of them, which is really kind of cute. No one believes that he harms any of the cats that he's seen with, and some even think he perhaps thinks of himself as a cat as well, which would explain his unusual eating habits. The Catman of Greenwich may be the only urban legend that has its own Facebook fan page, where <laughs> people will post sightings, rumors of where he might be, as well as custom-made Halloween costumes in honor of their peculiar local legend. Oh, that's awesome. A report from 2010 had the following to say about the unusual quote-unquote creature. Quote, Catman is definitely real. He gave me a hell of a fright. The first time I saw him, it was just getting dark, and all I saw were his eyes. His face is totally black, like in the video. He would lie at Scott's Lane path in the bushes behind the fence, pointing at cat meat that was left for cats, asking me to pass it through the fence. I think he was scared to go onto the path for it. I used to go buy donor kebabs for him when coming home from dancing. He hasn't been seen in ages now, since the council put corrugated iron up so he couldn't be fed. Oh. He is definitely real, not a myth. I heard young boys gave him a heavy kicking. Young Neds and Grenick are evil. End quote. Many users on Reddit have reported encounters with the Catman. A user who goes by the name The Devil Innie had the following to say about their sighting. End quote. Weird to see a post about my hometown in my favorite subreddit. I've personally seen this guy a couple of times. He's a fucking creep and will eat or drink anything you give him. Luckily, when me and my mates seen him, we weren't dickheads and bought him some hot food. He can move faster than you would imagine. He may look scary as fuck, but he's actually harmless. The real creepy thing about him is I seen him when I was about 15 to 16 years old. I'm 27 now. I know people who claim to have seen him 20 to 30 years ago. He disappeared a few years ago, and everyone thought he was dead until these kids took a few pictures with him, end quote. He's immortal. He's immortal. Gotta stop telling everyone my secrets. They're gonna (laughs) hunt me. (laughs) Did you use rats and mice? No, I didn't. I bathe in the Mm. blood of the innocent. Oh, that's right. That's right. Silly me. She has to reorder stock on Amazon periodically. (laughs) That's how my skin stays so young looking. (laughs) alabaster pure so milky white (laughs) although he has been known to disappear from time to time he has always come back images have surfaced as recently as April of 2015 but no new sightings have been reported since the summer of 2017 leading many to believe and fear that something may have happened to him one unusual sighting of the Catman, which may or may not be true is that he was seen as far away as Glasgow by a Reddit user named the Josh C. They said, quote, 
guy from Glasgow in Scotland here, met this creepy fucker one night at the bus depot. The blackness around his face is fumes from sleeping in the depot. If he can survive this long on this diet, rats and other animals are trash, then I suppose I can go back to eating my sausage suppers and smoking my cigs. End quote. I mean, it's sound reasoning. Yeah, that's true. You can't really argue it. I feel like you were okay until you threw in the cigarettes and then I disagree with you because that's straight up poison. (laughs) (laughs) As for pop culture references, there aren't many in the case of the Catman. But a documentary was filmed on him in 2016 that can be seen on YouTube. The film isn't very long, as it seems that the filmmaker encountered roadblocks from the locals who refused to talk on camera. Uh, so Problematic. Ingredients for this dish were sourced from a 2021 Ranker article titled The Mysterious Catman of Greenwich Has Been Creeping People Out for Decades by Hugh Landman. That's a quite a title. <laughs> I know. You'd think it came from the mirror. Or Leslie right? Nope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a 2019 The Foundry blog post titled The Catman of Greenwich, The True Story. A 2015 Six Troops article titled Meet the Cat, Meet the Rat Eating Catman of Greenwich by Laser Horse. Laser, Laser Horse? Horse. <laughs> <laughs> Love that name. Oh, That's cat house. That's magic. Pew, pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs) A 2015 Week in Weird article titled Tracking Down the Legendary Granite Catman, Scotland's Glowing-Eyed Rat-Eating Mystery by Greg Newkirk. That's another super long title. Hey, Greg Newkirk of the Paranormal Something Something? I think it is the same person. Because I've encountered him a few times, too, in my research. Paranormal something something. Right? Something yep. something. Yep. I know all about that. <laughs> I know all about something something. I know about a little something something. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> wink wink. Nudge nudge. As well as the Catman documentary, Catman's Facebook fan page, and Local Hero- Heroes Fandom Wiki. Nice. Jinx. Now that we've had our appetizer, I'll be right back with your next slice. Hello, Twisted Humans! Do you find yourself wanting to know more about the latest murder, conspiracy, cult, or haunting? Then this is the podcast for you. We're bringing the most intense stories that will keep you up at night. Join us every Tuesday for a glass of wine and a dose of true crime. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sierra. And this is Twisted Twisted and Uncorked. Uncorked. Thanks for waiting. Careful, our next course has got some bite to it. It's me! (laughs) It's me, Ashley! In Scotland, with an Italian accent. (laughs) Her face, I'm so confused. (laughs) I don't know what's going on anymore. What? (laughs) Alright. I love you. I love you too. I'm going to read you a poem. Yay! It's kind of long and it's very Scottish, so... Is it from Robert Burns? Burns? No. I'm excited. Because I can't understand Robert Burns. I'm excited about it. What a plague is this o' mine, winna steek his e. Though I hap him o'er the head, as cozy as can be. Sleep and let me to my wark, a they clase to airn. Jenny wee the iron teeth, come and tack the bairn. Tack him to your ain den, where the bogey bides. But first, put bath your big teeth, 
in his wee plump sides. Gee your auld grey pow a shake, riv him frame my grup. Tack him where nae kiss is gone, when he wickens up. What na noise is that I hear, comin' doon the street? Weel I ken the dump, dump o oh, her beetle feet. Mercy me, she's at the door, hear her lift the snick. Whist and cuddle mammy new, closer round the nick. Jenny wee the airn teeth, the bairn has aff his clays. Sleepin' safe and sound, I think, dinna touch his taze. Sleepin' weans are no for you, ye may turn about. And tack, away we tam next door, I hear him screechin' oot. Dump, dump, away she gangs, back the road she can. I hear her at the ither door, spearin' after Tam. He's a crabbit greetin' thing, the worst in a, a, in a the tune. Little like my ain wee ween, losh he's sleepin' soon. Mothers hay an awful wark, with their bairns at night. Chappin' on the chair with tangs to gie the rogues a freight. Alder weans are flayed with less, wheel a nook we can. Bigger bogies, bigger jennies, frictin mokto men. So something's coming, and if the baby's crying, it's gonna take it? Yes. Ha <laughs> ha! And instead, it. <laughs> it took the neighbor's kid. Yeah. Creepy! So basically, the mom is trying to keep the baby quiet so the thing doesn't come in and steal the baby. Yep. What I just read is a Scottish poem by Alexander Anderson from 1870 that read as a form of bedtime story to encourage children to go to bed before Jenny gets them with her sharp teeth. So why did I just read you a creepy-ass poem? Because <laughs> we're going to talk about some boogeyman shit, maybe. Because it's believed that this poem influenced the events that took place in Gorbals, Glasgow, one September night in 1954, when hundreds of children, some as young as four and as old as 14, descended on the southern necropolis to hunt the Gorbals vampire. Oh, yes. <laughs> Wait, some as young as what? Four. Four. They just were like, see you later, mom. I'm going to go hunt a vampire. Yeah, sure. Why not? Do it. Yes, you heard me right. A massive group of children armed with crosses and makeshift weapons, such as stakes, knives, and dogs, marched on the southern necropolis in order to take down a vampire they believed had eaten two local children. This, parents, is why you don't lie to your children. Is it, though? Not, not big lies, not big <laughs> lies. <laughs> is it, though? The police had first appeared on the scene after receiving several reports of hundreds of children marching on the cemetery. Upon arriving, they learned that the children were hoping to avenge two boys that they claimed had been devoured by the Gorbals vampire. Police Constable Alex Deeprose of the Glasgow Police could hardly believe his eyes when he entered the cemetery on September 23, 1954. It was overrun with children milling around gravestones, hunting for the vampire for several hours by the light of the steelworks that operated behind the cemetery its smoke and flames creating eerie shadows and casting a haze about the cemetery. Despite all their best efforts, the police could not get the children to leave until finally the rain caused them to disperse. Since the adults weren't taking this menace seriously, 
that was said to have iron teeth and stand over seven feet tall with blazing red eyes. The children continued to return each night for the next three days. They'd check behind trees and headstones in search of the monster that had been lurking there, just waiting to take its next victim. A man named Tam Smith, who was one of the boys that attended that first attack on the cemetery, shared with the BBC about that initial vampire hunt. Quote, The red light and the smoke would flare up and make all the gravestones leap. You could see figures walking about at the back, all lined in red light. End quote. Creepy. Ooh, creepy. Yeah. Jinx again. <laughs> now you do owe me a Coke. <laughs> I Get will out of give my you head. exactly one line. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> Gonna be a good night. <laughs> After the search ended a few days later on September 25th, 1954, people of Glasgow figured that the mini vampire panic that had gripped the children was going to fade into local legend. I'm sorry, you said mini vampire panic, and for some reason I find that hilarious. I know. It's like, like a, a little bitty vampire toy. It's like a have. baby one. It's like <laughs> this panic. And it fits in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes, meow, meow, meow. And it bites you. But it no, does. this one's seven feet tall. Yep. With me. iron teeth. Mm. I don't like that part. That part's no. not good. No. Yeah. It's gross. Stupid iron teeth. The story of the vampire hunt was soon picked up after it ran in the local press. And it wasn't long before the tale was being retold worldwide. In a rather ironic and hilarious twist, Christians, the National Union of Teachers, and communists all blamed the mass hysteria on Americans. But not because we're just a convenient excuse for all that's wrong with the world. They blamed it on the horror comic books that were being produced in America and imported into Scotland making their way into the hands of the very children who were conducting their own vampire hunts in the dead of night. It wouldn't have anything to do with having used this and pushed this into the brains of young children for nearly a century. No. No. Of course not. It's all America's fault. It's it's I fault. mean, normally I agree, but still. I'm yeah. fine with it if they want to pitchfork us over it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I double dog dare you. I won't even run. <laughs> <laughs> Examples of these comics include Tales from the Crypt, The Vault of Horror, and Dark Mysteries. The backlash became so severe that legislation was actually paced, passed as a result. That's funny. <laughs> I love that. The 1955 Children and Young Persons Harmful Publications Act, which is still in effect today. No, like it less. Mm -mm. It prohibits the sale of comics that are thought to be harmful to children. Superstitious locals believed that what the children had actually encountered was Jenny, the demonic hag said to roam the Glasgow Green, dragging unsuspecting children into her lair with her massive metal jaws, per the oh. 1870s poem. Other theories as to what caused the panic in the first place include an American comic book of the time that was called, ironically, The Vampire with the Iron Teeth. Oh, yeah, you know, okay, maybe they have a point after all. Yeah, maybe they have about 32 points. <laughs> 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 a 
see what you did there. Regardless, no one really knows what happened to the Gorbel's vampire. Ronnie Sanderson, who was also there that first night, says, quote, I was there. I was in the graveyard when I was eight years old. I've been telling my wife about the vampire for years, and she's never believed me, end quote. Do you? <laughs> I, I still think it's all America's fault. Yeah, probably. I'm skeptical about this seven foot tall vampire with metal teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, it seems like in the early 50s, they were publishing a whole bunch of graphic novels that were basically Ashley's life story. I'm not seven feet tall and I don't have metal teeth. Well, I mean, it was Tales from the Crypt and. Oh, okay. That's Dark fine. Mysteries. Yep. You got me. I am a <laughs> crypt keeper. <laughs> Ingredients for this dish were sourced from a BuzzFeed article titled 12 Creepy Scottish Urban Legends That Will Freak You Right Out by Hilary Mitchell. Folklore Scotland article on The Gorbel's Vampire by Rebecca Brown. The Glasgow Family History blog post titled Vampire in the Southern Necropolis. ScottishPoetryLibrary.org. The 2020 blog post by Shirley Pettigrew on Studio 13's website. Pettigrew. Like Peter Pettigrew? Yeah. The Culture Trip article titled 10 Scottish Urban Legends You Need to Know by Deborah Chu. 2016, the Scotsman article titled The Gorbel's Vampire and Monster Hunt That Shook Glasgow. A 2010 BBC Scotland news article titled Child Vampire Hunters Sparked Comic Crackdown by Stuart Nicholson. I have a question for you. Yes. So the original poet, do we know whether he was actually inspired by lore of the of the times or did he just make this up and everybody picked it up and ran with it? I have no idea. Because the story has to originate somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody has to be the first to tell. So I'm just curious if it was already a belief or if he made it up. I don't know. But apparently it's an extremely famous poem over there. Because they can speak Scottish and we can't, apparently. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff we can't do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> this is very true. Thirsty? Let me grab you another drink, and I'll be right back. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code, P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in P-O-D. That's Stamps.com, promo code P-O-D. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. 
Thanks for waiting. Our final dish of the night hopefully won't disappear before you've had a chance to enjoy it. If you're like me, when you think of castles, you think, how many ghosts live there? (laughs) Sure do. If you're not like me, then I'm sorry. Life is probably very boring for you. No, I'm kidding. For the people who frequent Crates Castle near Bankery in Aberdeenshire, it offers the perfect backdrop for a couple common hauntings. This 16th century castle once belonged to the Burnett family, who had been living in the area as far back as 1323, when a man named Robert the Bruce granted them land rights. That random guy. That random guy. He's not important in history at all. Yeah. The structure was completed in 1596, and the Burnett's, Burnett's, the Burnett's, lived there for the next 350 years until it was passed on to the National Trust for Scotland in 1951. The castle is said to be home to a few female spirits, one of which is Lady Agnes, who is one of the green ghosts. Ooh, that's my favorite color. (laughs) Before I share more about her, I first need to talk about Bertha de Bernard, the lesser-known white lady of the castle. Bertha is a young woman who fell in love with Alexander Burnett, Lady Agnes's son. Ooh, intrigue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The couple were in the midst of wedding plans, and Bertha had her own room in the castle while arrangements were being made since her father was fighting abroad. Unfortunately for Bertha, Lady Agnes didn't feel she was a good fit for her son, maybe because they were cousins. (gasps) Wait, first cousins, though? Do we know? I think they were first cousins. <gasps> I just wanted to express the appropriate level of disgust and outrage. <laughs> yep. Well done. Well done. Thank I you. Prove. Thank you. <laughs> so one night, while her son was away, she poisoned Bertha at dinner. Oh my god! After Alexander returned to find that his bride-to-be was dead, he knew his mother had something to do with it. His suspicions were confirmed when Bertha's parents came to claim her remains for burial. As they came to take her away, Lady Agnes went deathly pale and screamed, She comes! She comes! Before dropping dead quite suddenly. Did she sing, They're coming to take me away, ha ha? Not not that I saw in my research. I'm sorry, the cats in the background have perfect comedic timing, and I wish people could see it. (laughs) Psychopaths. <laughs> they're, they're reenacting that scene from The Lion King here where Scarlet's Mufasa fall off the cliff. Rumors state that the White Lady can be seen wandering between the old castle and the newer additions on the anniversary of her death, but only on that one day each year. As for Lady Agnes, who is said to be one of the Green Ladies, Legend says that Bertha's father cursed the Burnett family following his daughter's murder, and ever since, the Green Lady has been seen wandering the castle as an ill omen for those who live there. I mean, if so, I think they got their just desserts. Ha! Because this is dessert, right? And because they're (laughs) poisoners, goddammit! Yep. The most famous apparitions are those of a woman and her young child. In fact, Queen Victoria herself experienced these apparitions once when visiting the castle. 
She reported seeing a green mist floating across the floor of one of the rooms before it swirled up into the form of a childlike specter. It promptly disappeared into the room's fireplace. She's just like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) She's like, well, my stars. In her British (laughs) accent. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course. But then she is probably just like, I want some tea. And that was it. (laughs) Yep. That was the end of the conversation. Whole story done. Yep. (laughs) My word. Is the tea ready? Yes. How rude. They didn't announce themselves. I shall tell Albert all about this. (laughs) (laughs) Don't they know proper decorum? To add credence to the claims of this female spirit and her daughter, the bones of a woman and child were found behind the very hearthstone that they frequently haunt during renovations that took place in the 18th century. I don't like that. No, that's sad. Mm-mm. How did they get? Oh, I don't like that. Do you want to know how they got there? I mean, because of who I am. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of. I kind of go into it. Okay. Aww. All right. I'm ready. Okay. I'll be sad about it forever, but I'm ready. <laughs> Theories have surfaced that the bones belong to a servant girl who had been impregnated by a member of the Burnett family in the mid 1600s after which both the woman and her child were killed to preserve the family's reputation. That sounds right. Another story alleges that the Green Lady was actually one of the daughters of Burnett Laird, funnily enough, the husband of Lady Agnes, you know, the poisoner. The poisoner. That bitch. Who had fallen in love with a stable boy and and became pregnant. She had been able to hide her condition well enough until the child's birth. And when her father discovered what had happened, he flew into a dreadful rage, and neither his daughter or the baby were seen after that. Oh, sure, because she got herself pregnant. Yeah. I hate history sometimes. Basically an honor killing. Yep. Yeah, well, honor killings can fuck off. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) I second that. The green lady is often seen either carrying a baby or a green orb, and she travels across the room before disappearing into the fireplace. Regardless, these figures are still seen today, and in fact, a photo taken in 2016 is believed to have captured the image of the green lady on film, quote-unquote. Well, that's cool. And I'll make sure we include a photo in our, sh- in our social media, because I found a copy of it. Ooh, I'm going to post that. <laughs> <laughs> the photo was taken by Bill Andrew, and it's of his daughter, Colleen, granddaughter, Jessica, and his great-grandson, Finley, with the castle in the background. In the photo, there is a shadowy shape standing in the doorway, and the staff of the castle haven't been able to come up with any sort of explanation as to what it could be, given that the door was closed at the time. Hmm. But if you look at it, it definitely is the shape of a woman. Like in a period dress. Intrigue. I'm excited to see that picture. (laughs) (laughs) An Australian tourist who was visiting the castle shared a story of how she had been the only person wandering the rooms and had just set foot on the staircase that led down to what is known as the Green Lady's Room before hearing a voice clear as day say in her ear don't go in the next room don't go in get out now a little spooky yeah, yeah. You, might, you might be a little uncomfortable with that situation 
No, I love being told to get out now. It's my favorite. By disembodied voices. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It actually it doesn't yes. really matter who tells me. I just like being told to get out now. <laughs> <laughs> Upon hearing this, she sped down the spiral staircase as fast as she was safely able to do so and ran out the main door, refusing to come back inside to finish touring the castle. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're scared enough to run down a spiral staircase and risk breaking your neck, you're not coming back in. <laughs> yep. I would have just hopped on that railing and been like, bye! Just slid on down. Yep. Yeah, but you're tiny, so it's not really fair. Some of us can't yeah. do that. <laughs> Other than the green ladies and the lady in white, staff and guests alike have reported experiencing chills down their backs in warm rooms, odd noises in empty buildings, and feelings that they're not alone. Ingredients for these dishes were sourced from Hidden Scotland article by Graeme Johncock, the National Trust for Scotland website, Scott Clan's website, a 2018 The Culture Trip article titled 10 Scottish Urban Legends You Need to Know by Deborah Chu, which I have referenced earlier, a 2016 History Scotland article, 2016 the scotsman article titled is this crates castle's green lady ghost captured on camera a 2016 the spooky isles article titled queen victoria saw green lady ghost at crates castle by gregor stewart and a 2015 scott clans blog post titled the green lady of crates castle by amanda moffat and that's all your dishes for the evening those were delicious I really liked that last story. I liked the Catman too. A yeah, lot. I actually that knew cool. that story already because like Jay did it on the salty speculation. So that's why I was like really quiet during that one. I was like, don't ruin it. Don't <laughs> ruin it for everyone. Don't spoil everything. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a great. Those were all great stories. Yeah. I think, I think the last one was probably my favorite just because like. I get to look at a spooky picture later. That's going to be awesome. Those are fun. Those were all great, though. Thank you. Thanks. I feel bad that it was a little short, but I didn't want to... A lot of the stuff that I found, there wasn't a whole lot on them. So I tried to do ones that had at least a little bit more. I thought those were good. I mean, if it was a little bit shorter, it's just because we didn't interrupt you quite as much, but that's (laughs) because I wasted all of my good material. (laughs) Well, I guess we... No, I had a couple funny things in there, so it's all right. It wasn't my best, but I tried. You had some witty things in there. So on that note, do you guys have any... Have something good you'd like to share? Um, yes, I started my new job and I'm really, I'm one of those people who like always tries to pretend that I'm too smart to be superstitious because I'm like above that, but I'm not above it. I'm a lot superstitious. (laughs) So I'm like always afraid if something good happens in my life that if I talk about it, I'll jinx it and it will go away. But I started my new job and I really like it so far. And it's kind of amazing. And a lot of the things that I'm going to be doing seem like they fit my personality very well, in my opinion. So I'm excited about it. Yay! That's so awesome. I'm so excited about like how well things are going so far. And I just really hope that all of the impressions that I have right now are you know, correct. And that this is going to be the right place for me to be moving forward. Because if it is, then maybe I don't need to 
go back to looking for jobs, which is my least favorite thing on the whole planet. I'd love to stop looking for jobs. I'd love to stop looking for jobs and I'd love to stop dating, but you can't unless you have somebody and I don't. So (laughs) what are you going to (laughs) do? If one of those two things could be done, though, (laughs) that would be great. (laughs) What about you, Emily? Ooh, let's see. I've had a lot of exciting good things happen lately. Let's see. My youngest just turned seven two days ago, and he had so much fun. He was so happy, and a lot of we had family come out, and he had this ridiculous stack of gifts. And that's not even like his official birthday party. That's coming up next weekend when he's going to have all his classmates coming out. So we're swimming and toys right now, but he was very happy and it was just good to get to, to feel like birthdays are back to normal. It's really hard having pandemic birthdays for kids. Yeah. Cause they, even though they understand it, they don't, yeah, they miss it and it hurts. So getting that sense of normalcy back was really nice. Yeah. I bet. Tell him happy birthday from me. I will. Yeah. From me too. Sorry. I have to keep muting myself. The, grace period for the dogs not barking has ended so (laughs) that's where i'm at woo um i guess my something good that i could include that i didn't think of earlier um is that last weekend my youngest brother-in-law and his fiance got married and it was a really nice wedding it was outside which is very ballsy and October. October in Minnesota. So (laughs) super ballsy. It could have been real bad because it had been very cold up until that day. But it was really nice. It was great being able to see my nieces from California and my brother-in-law who lives in California because we really don't get to see them that often. So that was nice. And my youngest was one of the flower girls. And she was very excited to be a flower girl. And she had a lot of fun with the other flower girl, which is my sister-in-law's niece, I think. And they got along really well. And so her family is Hmong. And it was really cool learning more about their culture. And during the like reception dance part, they incorporated a lot of songs that they, it's not really line dancing, but it is line dancing. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of songs they basically line dance to. And it was really cute because the other flower girl and I don't know if they were her siblings or if they were her cousins. were all trying to like include my youngest in it mm-hmm. and be like, we'll teach you the steps, you know? And so Aww. like, it was really cute that they were trying to keep her included and stuff. And I bet she um, loved that. She did. And it was really fun. And then we did, all of us did get, pulled into a couple dances that thankfully were very simple steps. You just walk in a circle <laughs> and you move your hands in like a fun <laughs> in a fun way. And I was like, I can do that. If I, I don't have to if I don't have to count steps and go front and back and side to side like traditional line <laughs> dancing, I'm good. So that was really fun. And I'm very happy for them that they were able to still get married amongst all that's still going on. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, that's my something good. And this is a very good something good. Mm-hmm. 
Everybody has really good something goods this week. It's nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Yay for us. Yay. Well, on that note, I think I'm going to close the pizzeria down. Thank you for visiting our beautiful pizzeria and enjoying a convoluted collection of urban legends. Pineapple Pizza Podcast. Sweet and cheesy, and not everyone understands our awesomeness, but we're glad that you do? Question mark? If you're enjoying the show and you'd like to help support us, check out our Tee Public shop for some amazingly fun and funny merch. Or if you want to do a one-time donation, you can do that on buymeacoffee.com and buy us a fresh slice. Because we can never get enough of basically anything, if we're being honest. If you absolutely love the show and you want to check out some fantastic bonus content, you can become a donor on Patreon and earn all kinds of amazing benefits. We have three tiers to accommodate almost any budget. The $3 Mythbuster, $7 Cryptid Hunter, and $15 Storyteller. Become a patron today and start enjoying all the perks and extra content right away. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PineAppPizzaPod. That's PineAppAppPizzaPod. You can also send us questions, comments, and topic ideas at PineAppAppPizzaPod at gmail.com. Remember, there's the two P's in app. Otherwise, you're emailing someone else, and I don't want to be held responsible for that. Thanks for stopping in for some deliciously weird morsels. And just remember, no matter how you slice it, you're awesome. And we love you.